Patrick Elias with 2.32 left in the third. And the Devils have taken a 2-1 lead. Here's Grossman with a wrist shot and Brodeur snatches it out of midair. Here's 88. Lindros makes the move. And Lindros is powered down to the ice by Scott Stevens. What is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Trey Matthews. A lot has happened in the last 24 hours, all for the NHL and some for the New Jersey Devils, and we are going to discuss that. If you hadn't checked out yesterday's episode, I basically updated everybody what's been going on in the NHL playoffs and how does it affect the New Jersey Devils. All in all, the New Jersey Devils now have three first-round picks but there's always a cost to it. So if you want to know more about it, pause this podcast episode and give that a listen. So now let's get back to business. I must say, everybody, I'm a little nervous because after I had finished recording yesterday's episode, I record these episodes in a day in advance. So uh, Monday's episode was actually recorded on Sunday and today's episode was recorded yesterday on Monday. So let me just tell you how I'm feeling. I'm feeling very nervous because the Toronto Maple Leafs, as much as I despise them, they came out, they didn't come out and get the W and now they have a real chance to maybe get the first overall pick. And that really, really makes me nervous because I, I, I don't know what could happen. And right now, I am recording this episode at 12.38 p.m. Eastern Time. And maybe I'm just filming this episode so early because I'm just trying to avoid the inevitable, maybe. Or who knows? Remember, because of the Coyotes uh, advancing, the Devils now only have a 12.5% chance of winning the lottery. So I'm, I'm really nervous and fingers crossed. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. All right, be prepared. As uh, I, I think I heard that in a movie one time. I don't know. Anyway, this episode is not going to be a moping episode because if the Leafs do get the first overall pick, then guess what? Tomorrow's episode is going to be a moping episode. You can guarantee that. But for right now, while there's still some optimism in the air, let's talk about something else. Remember in yesterday's episode where I said the New Jersey Devils need to be smart with their picks because they really need to rebuild for the future? Well, they're already on the right track. Well, you know, technically this was uh, this pick was a while back, but still... The New Jersey Devils today announced that they signed Riley Walsh out of Harvard University to a three-year entry-level contract. This is a good step in the right direction because Walsh is a defensive and I always said the New Jersey Devils need help with their defense. So let's uh, see what Walsh brings to the table for this uh, rebuilding, uh, trying to contend again team. Now, the more casual fan is probably thinking, wait a minute, how did we get this guy? Uh, who is he? Like, did free agency already occur? Did the draft already occur? How far behind schedule am I? I didn't. I knew my sleep cycle was way off during this whole pandemic. I didn't know it was that far off. Well, uh, allow me to tell you, you are not going insane. Here's his story. He was an unsigned prospect that the New Jersey Devils had the rights to. So he was drafted back in 2017 in the round of three, 81st overall by the Devils, and he was playing at Harvard University. Now Harvard, as some of you may have known, like a lot of other colleges have decided to forego all their sports seasons. So this gave the Devils the perfect opportunity to sign him because had the Devils just held onto his rights a little longer, he would have became an unrestricted free agent. 
and that would have given him the right to sign with any other team as he chooses. So this was a, you know, I, I know it uh, sucks that his college season was cut short or college career, I should say. I think he was a senior, but still, like, he gets to play in the NHL now or gets to help uh, this uh, poor team get back to the top. So, you know, maybe it's all for the best. While it's not a splash signing per se, I do like this uh, pickup by the Devils because I feel like this is a step in the right direction. I do feel as though this kid can bring something to the table because he did well in high school, he did well for Harvard, and you know what? I think this is the big domino to fall for them selecting some good young guys to try to even out this uh, team because we need all the help we can get. We need all hands on deck. So here are some of his career achievements during his young hockey career. During his five years of USHS prep hockey, he participated in 122 games. He had 64 goals, generated 117 assists, which gave him 181 total points giving him an average of 1.48 points per game. So I think that's pretty good. That's a step in the right direction. You see the potential that he brought to the table. I must say, I he's also a defensive man, so you know he could score time and time. And that's what I like. I like a two-way type of player. And you know Ruff is going to like that because Ruff likes to convert his guys into two-way players. Let's just hope he can develop them in the right direction but you know what if you want to check that out check out the past few episodes i made about rough so we're not going to talk about him uh in three years of playing ncaa hockey for harvard he played in 96 games had 27 goals 51 assists for total points of 78 okay from what i read online usually high school stats are inflated a little bit so i think if you have to base his stats off of his talent I would say look at his NCAA appearances because, like I said, high school stats tend to be inflated a little bit. I don't know how that works, but still, uh, that's pretty good numbers. And you need to know that usually defensive men don't generate a lot of points. Uh, They don't generate a lot of uh, goals. They're not your go-to scorers. So I'm still impressed by his numbers, even though they did go down a little bit once he got to the NCAA level. But you know what doesn't go away? Your awards and accolades. That can never, ever be taken away from you. Unless you're Lance Armstrong, but, you know, that's a different discussion. So in 2016-2017, he won the USHL Clark Cup Championship, USHA All-USA Hockey Second Team, USHS First Team All-New England Team Out East. So you can obviously see the potential this kid was putting up in high school, and he already has a championship under his belt, which doesn't hurt, albeit it's high school, but... Word of advice to all of my athletes listening to this. If you win a championship of some sort, don't let that be taken away from you. Don't let anyone diminish you of that. But my thing is don't dwell on it. Don't just let that be the only thing under your belt. Always strive for more. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. 2017-2018, he won the NCAA All-Rookie Team. 2018-2019, NCAA Third All-Star Team. And also the NCAA All-Ivy League Honorable Mention team. So, you know, even in college, he's putting up something. Maybe not like what he was doing in high school, but still. And his last year, 2019-2020, last year, NCAA All-Ivy League Honorable Mention team once again. So, and I'm excited for him. So, those are some of his stats. Those are some of his accolades. And I think New Jersey should really be excited for him. And maybe he won't be the face of the franchise. Maybe he won't turn it around. But still, 
be excited because you know we're, we're getting something and like I said the devil signed him to a three-year deal so they obviously see something in this kid to give him a chance to give people some reference he's only 21 years of age he was born April 21st 1999 so he's only a few months older than me which is you know pretty astonishing because the older I get the more I realize that these younger guys are gonna be younger than me so or in this case he's older than me but only by a few months but you get what I'm saying it it just means that I I need to accomplish something Uh, well you know what I'm here so I've accomplished something already um anyway uh back to him he's six feet and weighs 185 so I think Jack Hughes can learn something from him already because here's a guy who's not really a big guy. Yes, he's not a center like Jack Hughes. He's a defensive man, but still, he, he has this similar build to Jack Hughes. So if Jack Hughes can learn from him, just gain some weight, just 15 to 20 pounds, so that way Jack Hughes could be a, a man amongst boys in this league, I feel like this could really be beneficial. It also doesn't hurt that this kid is obviously no dummy. He went to Harvard University, which is one of the most prestigious schools anyone can get into. So you know what? This guy is no airhead. I expect nothing but smartness from him. I expect to be watching film every day. I expect him to be knowing his teammates' schedules in and out. I expect him to be reading on the sidelines. I expect him to do this or that or in third and no I'm kidding but still I think he, he'll be a smart player because he went to Harvard they don't allow dummies in or I I don't think they do well you know, I don't know I'm not their uh I'm not their board who lets people in so you know what I think uh this is a very good signing by the devils on a more serious note all jokes aside so Obviously, this guy went to Harvard, as I stated many, many, many times. But you know who his teammate was while at Harvard? Defensive man for the New York Rangers, Adam Fox. Yes, that's right. Adam Fox, who is obviously the clear-cut leader of all defensive units for New York. So these guys played together, and I think Lindy might like um, might like this kid at some point because, you know, Lindy was the leader for the New York Rangers defensive schemes, and he worked with Adam Fox. So maybe just maybe also you want to know something here's something funny they have the same exact you know physique let's just say they are five foot eleven and they both weigh 180 pounds obviously um what was i saying walsh is uh about an inch taller than adam fox and one pound less but still very 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 similar so i think if he can take what he learned from adam fox or if he was just studying adam fox you know, maybe this could become something special for this is a diamond in the rough kind of thing because he was drafted pretty low and, you know, a lot of teams passed up on him. But here's an opportunity for redemption because, you know, maybe the Devils found a diamond in the rough. Maybe they found uh, their next Adam Fox. Maybe both went to Harvard, both play defense, both have the same height and weight, essentially. Both can, you know, play a little two way. Both are going to play. Or once, um, once Walsh gets up to the NHL, maybe he'll, he'll, you know, he'll play under Lindy. And now, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Fox played under Ruff and did pretty well for the system that was integrated. And now Walsh is going to be playing under Lindy, and maybe, just maybe, he can be the next Adam Fox. Just, just fingers crossed. It should also be worth mentioning that these two meshed really well in Harvard. In Walsh's sophomore year campaign, his defensive partner was Adam Fox, and they led the Harvard program in scoring. This is a very unique scenario. This is where two defensive men lead their teams offensively. That's pretty much unheard of because usually you don't see that from your defensive men. 
never mind it being a pairing. So because a pairing usually has to just be below the blue line and just guard. And you saw that from Niedermeyer. You saw that from Stevens. Whoever else plays defense, you just saw that they didn't really get the goals. They didn't do the scoring. As my guest Eric Liebrich said, Eric guest starred on the show last Tuesday. Give that a listen if you hadn't. You know, he says defense wins you championships and your forwards give you the points but your defensive men kind of hold the fort down so the fact that they led their team in scoring and that they were pretty good defensive men just that's pretty amazing in my opinion so you see these two-way affairs kind of thing and that was the year that Walsh had 31 points including 19 assists so you know what if that doesn't get you excited I don't know what else will but like I said in previous episodes I just want him to focus strictly on defense because the offense will come because guess what the New Jersey Devils we don't necessarily need scores we kind of need anchor defensive men because defense was our Achilles heel and you know what in a future episode I know I've been doing a lot of talking but I I need to look and see what players we should realistically go after so that way we can have a good defensive unit because obviously trading for PK Subban didn't really help but you know what PK Subban has been staying in the gym a lot and we will talk that about that in a future episode as well just staying in shape and just I think he's coming out with a vengeance this year and you know he's got the fro working uh, I, I personally think he needs to cut it off because I, I've tried playing in in uh, with an afro in a helmet. It's very uncomfortable, so uh, he might need to shave it off for the season. But, you know, still, I, I think um, if Walsh just focuses more on his defense and maybe let the offense come time and time again, I feel like we can actually do something. And Lindy Ruff, please do not try to develop him into a two-way player. That's what hurts you with the Stars. That's what hurts you with the Rangers. And this is probably your last opportunity. You're probably never going to get another head coaching opportunity ever again if you screw up again. So just just putting that out there. Please, please, please keep them strictly to defense. That's all we need. And so I think we found a diamond in the rough. And I'm excited for this, honestly. So as we're speaking right now, or I'm speaking, you're not speaking, you're listening. And thank you for listening. You guys are great listeners. Um... I'm noticing some exciting things for Walsh, but also I'm reading a couple of great facts that I think that I would really like to share under you guys. So he was developed under his father, which is, you know, pretty cool because I love it when hockey parents go all out. And so if you have a hockey parent, there is no screwing up. Just plain and simple. If you screw up, they're going to be at your throat. I I am not even a hockey player, and I've had some hockey parents come at my throat. Check my check out my stories in, in my guest star appearances last week. Anyway, uh, so he was developed under his father. His father, Mike, is currently the head coach of Proctor Academy's hockey program. That's where Riley played for from 2013 to 2017, in which he did really well. He won a lot of accolades, so he's obviously not just some spoon-fed kid. He obviously worked there. He got recognized for his hard work and dedication. And Riley had a picture-perfect finish to his senior year, as I stated. No, did I state that? No, I didn't. I don't think I stated that. But his stats were good, and that's all you need to know. Uh, it ended with a championship run. I've stated that. If you ever win a championship in any sport, don't let anyone take that away from you. That is there permanently. Just don't dwell on it. And he brought home the Lakes Region Championship in 2017. I don't think I've mentioned that. And he had a record-breaking for the school with 69 points in just 30 games. As a defensive man, 
that is incredible right there. I didn't even know about that. And I was reading his stats. So, and he became the first defensive end since the 1985-1986 season to lead a New England prep school in scoring. So this is amazing. I'm, I, I might need to get a Walsh jersey right now as soon as I figure out what number he's going to rock because I don't know. I don't know if he's going to stick with his uh, typical number, uh, but you know what? Uh, I got to see. I, I might have to get myself a jersey once he gets brought up to the show. Not only was his father, Mike, one of his major influence, but another one of his major idols, you want to know? He played for the Boston Bruins, and he's a Hall of Famer defensive man. That's right, it's Bobby Orr. The New Hampshire native has long been a fan of his. Although the Hall of Famer had retired long before he was born, because keep in mind, he was born in the same year I was, 1999, and is a few months older than me. Uh, so or is way past our time periods he still would watch like highlights old you know old tutorials old whatever he could find of or and just I guess just mile his game after his from what I'm reading and the legend of or has never left and he was proud part of Bruins history uh, Walsh has heard about and watched videos of him like I stated and just saying, how can I be a better defensive man? And you know what? That's a great idol to have. If you can just model your game after a Hall of Famer, you know, that's great. But, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that. Like uh, Jack Hughes said that his idol was Patrick Kane because of their similar uh, statures. But still, uh, Patrick Kane did way better than Jack Hughes in his first year. And they're, like I said, they're kind of the same stature. So that... I don't really care, but, you know, I just felt like uh, that was a cool thing to share. And, you know, uh, I, I guess if you, you're not excited at this point, that was my last desperation attempt to maybe excite you saying, hey, maybe he could be the next Bobby Orr. Or, and you know what? I am major capping. And you know what? At this point, I'm just talking to fill in more time. I'm sorry. But um, anyway, 2017 was a long, long, long time ago for some people. So they probably don't even remember when this guy's name was called. So let's listen to his draft interview and I will give you my personal perspective of what he said and also see if he's made any development from then to now and is there any true hope well you already know the answer to that without further ado let's listen to his interview on draft night here at the nhl draft in chicago with new jersey devils selection riley walsh hearing your name called by the devils what was uh, going through your mind um it was just unbelievable experience obviously you didn't know what was going to happen going into the, today but um hearing my name was just unbelievable experience Obviously, a defenseman you've played with Chicago this season. Uh, your progress in your own game this past year, what did you work on the most? Um, I definitely worked on my, my defensive skills. Um, I worked a lot with Coach Muse and the other coaches at, at the Steel, and I definitely think I wanted to work on my overall defensive side of the game. So now uh, you head into Harvard to try to get ready for a pro career. What do you want to work on there? Uh, just kind of completing my game. Obviously, Defensively, I still want to work on that, getting getting a lot better there. Um, I'm really excited to kind of work on kind of just being a, a pro-style defenseman, and I think just kind of getting my game more complete is my goal. What were your conversations like with the Devils leading up to today? Um, I hadn't. I talked to them at the combine and interviewed with them in the in the hockey season, but it was uh, pretty light up until then. I knew that uh, they showed some pretty good interest before then, but when I heard my name, it was definitely definitely unbelievable. Congratulations, Riley. Thank you very much. You know what? I think he went above and beyond, quite honestly. He polished his game as a defensive man. And like I said, what he and Adam Fox did, which was leading their team in scoring while being great defensive men, I think that's amazing as well. So I think he went above and beyond it. 
you know what? The growth I see I see in this kid from 2017 to now is just so impressive. And just the fact that he was realistic and saying he wanted to polish his defensive game really says what you need to know about what we need in New Jersey right now. So I think this guy can actually help us in the long run at some point. Could he be a bust? Sure. But you know what? I think New Jersey, we need to get more excited for this guy and we need to promote his story because honestly... I think I think this is a step in the right direction. This is the major domino piece to fall for us to be better than what we are right now. So anyway, that's about all the time I got for you guys. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I will see you in tomorrow's episode. Have a great day.